bulkhead doors, where George and Mumo stood. His two teammates stared out the bridge's floor-to-ceiling viewport windows. George looked shocked and mesmerized. Mumo had no expression, at least not one Quentin could read on the key's black-eyed face. Stoic as ever, Mumo patiently waited for what might come next. Quentin turned to look at the four-man bridge crew dressed in their neat orange and black uniforms. They sat motionless at workstations that faced a holographic image of the touchback. Portions of the holographic ship glowed red, others yellow, indicating the damage suffered during the pirate attack. So much damage. How long would it take to bring the touchback's engines back online? Too long. There seemed to be no chance for escape. Captain Kate Cheevers had steered the touchback away from the pursuing pirates, had fled in the only direction that gave the ship a chance. In doing so, the touchback had crossed the Sklorno dynasty border into Prawat Jihad sovereign territory, out of the frying pan and into the fire. She sat slumped in her captain's chair, staring out the viewport like everyone else. She held a clear bottle by its narrow neck, slowly turning it, making the brown liquid inside slosh and wave. Her body language told the story. She had lost all hope. Quentin stood in the middle of the bridge with Massal the Efficient, a three-foot-tall quith worker, and the hulking, long-armed, eight-foot heavy G monster known as Michael Kimberlin. Like George, Mumo, the bridge crew, and Captain Kate, they stared, stared out the viewport window at a gnarled black ship so big that it blocked out the endless expanse of space itself. It was hard to process the scale. In fact, Quentin wasn't even sure he could process it, just like he couldn't really process the size of a planet. Can something artificial really be that big? Is that even possible? Kimberlin, Quentin's tutor and the Kraken's starting right offensive guard, had just told everyone the monstrosity outside was a Prawat capital-class warship, the largest known vessels in the entire galaxy. Kimberlin had said something else as well, something that Quentin hoped to high one he hadn't heard correctly. Mike, Quentin said, you, uh, you want to repeat that? Which part? The part where I thought you said something like, I'm afraid we're all going to die. Kimberlin nodded. No need to repeat it, my friend. You had it word for word. It has been an honor to know you. Quentin shook his head. There was a way out of this. There was always a way out. He turned to Captain Kate. Can we fight them? She shook her head and laughed a dark sound that matched her defeated posture. Not gonna happen. What little firepower we have left probably wouldn't do anything other than make them mad. Our engines are offline, so we can't maneuver. The punch drive hasn't recharged, so we're stuck here. I hope you've made peace with your imaginary sky daddy, because you're about to find out if he's real. We can't give up, Quentin said. There has to be a way out of this. Captain Kate called down to her bridge crew. Maurice... Kindly adjust the display so pretty boy quarterback can understand what's really happening. One of the orange and black uniform men sitting at the holo display turned to face Kate. Yes, Captain, he said, then turned back to his controls. In his three years with the Krakens, Quentin hadn't spent much time on the bridge. He'd never noticed Maurice before. If he had, he would have remembered the crewman's yellow skin. Not a tinge of yellow or a yellow pink, but yellow like he'd been covered in paint. Quentin had never seen yellow-skinned people before. If he lived through this, he could ask Kimberlin where they came from. 
Maurice worked the holographic controls floating above his workstation. The glowing image of the touchback took up about half of the bridge. It was as long as two of the crew lined up head to feet and as tall as one of them from the waist up. The holographic ship started to shrink, slowly at first, then rapidly, reducing to the size of one man, then just an arm, then just a hand. As it shrank, Quentin saw another glowing image fuzz into view, an irregular thing that looked like a chipped, pitted boulder and was clearly far bigger than the display area allowed. The touchback image shrank to the size of one of Quentin's fingers. Only then did the boulder have enough room to be shown in its entirety, a ball some twelve feet in diameter. High one, Quentin said. Kimberlin nodded. Yes, it is quite spectacular. Quentin again looked out the viewport to the approaching prowad vessel. The ship didn't look that different from space itself. It was black, with lots of little light.